there. You are listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Johnson, and I am on this earth to help you recover emotionally, physically, and spiritually from miscarriage. It's definitely my calling. It wasn't all that long ago that I too suffered three miscarriages of my own and six years of infertility. And I really know how painful and lonely the journey can be. Over those six years, I developed some really solid tools for releasing the emotional pain of loss and for truly healing from the inside out. And I'm here to share them all with you so that you can feel like yourself again. So if you've had a miscarriage or experienced the loss that infertility brings, because there is a loss there too, you are in the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're taking the first step toward healing by joining me today. Let's get started. Hello and welcome. You are listening to episode number 42 on the Love and Loss podcast. I'm so happy that you've joined me today because we're going to talk about something that's really close to my heart and it's around this belief that joy and grief cannot coexist because I think they can. And my whole reason for doing this business is to help women find joy through grief in the midst of grief. So here's a little taste of where I'm coming from. You don't have to wait until your past grief to feel joy. If you do that, you might be waiting a really long time because for some people, grief lasts forever, especially if they don't do any, take any action to process that grief. The other piece is that society will have us believe that it's not possible to be joyful when you're grieving and that you have to let grief run its course before you can ever be happy again. And even if you're able to find moments of joy, even while you're grieving, Society will have you believe that you shouldn't laugh or shouldn't laugh too hard when you're grieving and that showing too much joy while you're grieving is dishonoring your loss, dishonoring your baby. So just a little aside here, when I say society, it's not usually a particular someone out there who tells you these things. It's what you've grown up with. It becomes the little voice in your head. It becomes a belief and you likely can't even really pinpoint how you came to believe these things in the first place. So I just wanted you to know that, that you can think back and try, you, maybe you'll, you'll actually be able to come up with a moment that you realize that you started to believe this. I can't, but I know that there's a, a whole series of things that have sort of led to this little voice in my head that tells me these things. Or at least they did when I went through my miscarriages. They don't anymore. So I do get it. I had all of these beliefs after my three miscarriages. And I'll tell you a story of the first time it happened. It was right the night that I lost my baby. 
And I was on my way home from the hospital with my husband. And by the way, I didn't have any pain initially after my first miscarriage. The baby just kind of slipped out of me. I didn't have any contractions. I didn't, I hardly even bled. So we went to the hospital because I thought I should, but then left very soon after when I realized I wasn't getting anywhere. And because I didn't have any pain, there were so many other people who were being put in front of me in the emergency room. So we finally left. And my husband on the way home, he suggested that we stop for ice cream. And he teased me gently about knowing what'll cheer me up. And I felt a smile tugging at the corners of my lips, but I stifled it. I was supposed to be sad. And even when it was just my husband and I, I couldn't seem to give in to that desire to feel that joy, to smile at his teasing. Let me give you another example. Have you ever been to a funeral and the eulogist cracks a joke and the the congregation laughs, maybe tentatively, politely, but noticeably, and it breaks the tension. This happened at my brother-in-law's funeral. My husband lost his brother very suddenly through a very short illness and he was only 34 at the time my husband was 32 and so Mike did the eulogy and Mike is a pretty funny guy I'm not gonna let him hear this because it'll probably go straight to his head but he is and a number of times through the eulogy he cracked jokes he intermingled them with some really touching, tender moments, but it broke the tension. It made the audience feel feel good about laughing together. And, and nobody felt any guilt around that. And no one felt any sense that we were dishonoring his brother's memory. What we all really felt was relief that we could laugh together. I tell you that to to show you that in the midst of grief, you can still find moments of pleasure. It's impossible to be sad all the time. And it's actually only because of sadness that we understand joy. It's, It's only because of moments of happiness that we know what sadness is. And it's only because of love that we can understand grief. We are really intended as humans to feel the full spectrum of emotion. And when we compare each one to the opposite, that's what allows us to appreciate each one. So when you feel a positive emotion, starting to warm you from the inside. You're starting to feel that moment of pleasure. Allow it to spread instead of stifling it. Another reason to allow yourself 
to to feel that that positive emotion is that stifling any emotion whether it's a good a good one or a bad one it has a physiological reaction in your body i've talked a lot about this on on previous podcasts on my social media outlets um, with my clients when you stifle negative emotion there's going to be a physical reaction in your body your body feels that and it's the same when you stifle a positive one emotions are meant to be felt and then released emotions move and when we allow ourselves to feel them they move through us instead of trying to shove down that emotion i want you to try these tips for allowing joy and grief to coexist i have four of them for you number one first you need to give yourself permission to smile to laugh to experience joy and i'm going to talk a little bit about this because it's not as easy as just saying i give myself permission first of all you need to reshape your belief that you're supposed to be sad all the time or that it's dishonoring your baby if you experience positive emotion. It is okay to feel joy unapologetically. It's not up to anyone else to decide how you should be grieving. So ignore what you tell yourself about what others will think. So one of the things that I that was going through my mind when I had my losses was if I smile, if I show joy, they're going to think there were two things. They're going to think that it's too easy to get over a miscarriage. They're going to think that, that I'm over it. And I didn't actually want them to think that. And then the other thing is that I, I didn't want them to believe that I was getting over it too quick and that I was that I wasn't honoring my baby. So until you kind of slash those beliefs in your mind, you won't believe that it's okay to feel joy. You won't allow yourself to feel it when it arises until you're able to shift those beliefs. The other thing that you need to do is allow yourself to feel all the negative emotions. If you try to numb the negative emotions, you will also dim the positive ones. If you try to bury the negative ones, it doesn't actually leave more space for the positive ones. The positive ones get buried too. So you're not going to be able to feel true joy unless you also allow the sadness, the anger, the all of those emotions associated with grief to also be released. So that's all kind of wrapped up in number one, to, to give yourself permission to smile, to laugh, to experience joy, and, and also to experience all the other sides of those things too. Number two, get used to noticing pleasure. It's easy to just sort of let them go by when you're in the midst of grief. You don't notice them so much. So it almost needs to become a habit to to notice those moments of pleasure you need to choose to make a conscious decision to experience those moments of pleasure fully and they might be small moments they don't have to be 
you know, huge moments of excitement. They can be as simple as just getting into nature and noticing how much beauty and joy there is inherent in nature. Beauty brings joy. And there really is so much of that. Just noticing a gorgeous flower in the forest or in your backyard or in someone else's backyard. Watching a wild animal, a bunny, a even a raccoon, um, a deer, watching a wild animal do its thing is it brings so much joy to humanity. So one of those things is to get into nature, but even just in your morning, notice the taste of your coffee or a really good piece of dark chocolate. Notice how your sheets feel when you get into bed at night. Notice those small moments of joy and allow yourself to feel them. So that's number two. Number three, always, always journal, get a pen and paper out and write down the activities or those small moments that bring you joy. Get them all out of your head. Think back through your past. What are the things that brought you joy in your life? And then start thinking about how you can add more of those things to your life. Be careful too of making the assumption that the things that used to bring you joy before you're lost that are also going to bring you joy now. So for example, being out with your friends and having drinks may have brought you a huge amount of pleasure before, but if all your friends have babies or if they're all pregnant, don't do that. Find something that's going to bring you joy now and, and really bring more of those things into your life. So that's number three, journal, journal, journal. I always will talk about writing things down, getting them out of your head and then bringing them into your life. And then number four, the last one, visualize. This is something we did in a Tony Robbins, um, I forget what the program was called, his, one of his signature programs, his events, And we did this visualization exercise. We recalled moments of joy in our life. And it wasn't just a recollection of those moments. It was really almost reliving those in our minds. So we had to recall them, but then also get into the feeling that those moments really conjured up inside of us. If you write down, um, even in number three, journaling, journal about those moments in your past that brought you joy, and then take one of those moments and really close your eyes, feel into it, visualize that moment, remember the feelings, remember the emotions that came up and allow yourself to relive that moment and all of the joy that came with it. That is how you can change your vibration by yourself. It lifts your spirit. It raises your vibration just to do that, that one simple exercise. And it can take five minutes. 
So that was the last one. Let's quickly recap those four just to summarize. So number one was to first give yourself permission to smile, to laugh, to experience joy, but also know that you need to allow yourself to feel all the negative emotions in order to also feel the positive ones. Number two, get used to noticing pleasure and choose to experience those moments fully. Getting into nature is a great way to do that. And number three, journal. What are all the activities, the things that bring you joy, and then also recollect those moments of, of pure joy from your past and think about how you can add more of those moments to your life now. And then number four, visualize, take a moment of joy from your past and relive it in your mind's eye. When you incorporate joy into your life while grieving, it's not going to make your path through grief any shorter, but it will intersperse it with some breaks and you deserve to have those breaks. You need those breaks. You cannot live in sadness for very long before your soul needs to experience some joy. I'm really curious to know, will you take action? What action will you take now that you know how, what are you, how are you going to incorporate joy into your journey? Which action will you take of the four that I gave you? Or will you continue to just wait it out, hoping to feel better someday? I'm curious to know what you'll do. How to find joy after a miscarriage is exactly what I teach. I'll be opening up spots in my newly revamped coaching program, Journey to Joy After a Miscarriage. It's an online group coaching program. I have to say it is so good. Now I have some amazing bonuses in there for you. And I would love it if you would get yourself over to my website to get on the wait list. If you'd like to know when I'm accepting new participants into that program again, I'll put the link in the show notes, or you can just go to sherryjohnson.ca slash waitlist to get right on that. And once that's opening up, I'm going to tell you all about it and, and you can learn more about it then. Well, that is it for today. I'm so glad that you joined me. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, I would love it if you hit that five-star button. If you found value in this episode, write me a review. That is how more women are going to be able to find me. If you're on another platform, follow me, subscribe. Those are all the activities that are going to help other women who are going through a miscarriage to find this podcast. Thank you so much, and I will be back next week with another episode for you. Bye for now.